This is Dojo Live, Tech Without Borders, stories that bring us together. Stories that bring us together. Today we're having a very special episode. I have the co-producers and co-hosts of Dojo Live. All four of us are on today to talk about what we've been up to in the past uh, few months in redefining the purpose of the show. And I thought it would be a great opportunity, since we don't have a guest today, to share that with you and also to give you feedback. So if you're listening live, we'll simulcasting right now on LinkedIn, on Facebook, as well as YouTube, please submit your comments, your questions. You could do that on Twitter or you could do it right on the stream. We'd love to hear from you. So I want to give a little quick, I want to quickly introduce the team here. And first and foremost, I want to introduce the creator of this show, the person who put this forward. Uh, I, I think it's four years now or three. Four years. Four years now. Four years. What started, well, I want you to tell the story. What started as a little internal initiative has become yeah. what we are, uh, you know, our beloved little uh, media platform that we're, we're creating. I want to introduce Carlos. Uh, from that point of view, let him tell a little bit of story of what, why he created the show. And then I'd like to go right into Kim, who's also one of our co-producers and co-hosts and who played a big role in helping us define the format of the show, of the new show that we're calling The Reboot. And Ruben, if you'd like to introduce yourself too. Ruben is the man behind the scene. He's the guy who's made the platform work, the design behind it. He's really the, the CTO of Dojo Live. That's the man right there. So uh, ask questions, and we want to share the story of why we are, what we're doing and why we think it's important, especially in uh, what's going on in today's time with very polarizing opposite views that exist across the world. Um, I won't touch on what the purpose is. We'll get to that in a few minutes, but I'm very excited to give some credit and props to the creator of the show, Carlos. Tell us a little bit about what gave birth to this idea and, and the evolution, if you could. And of course, let's try to keep it as short as possible. Oh, of course, yeah. Thank you, Tulio. Well, <clears throat> Um, the, 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 the show came about as a result of an idea that I had uh, initially. Uh, um, here, okay, well, here's the background. Ever since we started with Hangouts, using Google Hangouts, I mean, we're not using Google Hangouts, obviously, right? But back, back then, we were using Google Hangouts to communicate internally. And uh, we had an internal initiative called uh, the English Dojo. And the, the only purpose of the show, of, uh, I was going to say the show, the only purpose of the, the English dojo was just to get together internally. Uh, and because, I, and because also, I'm also a, a trained ESL instructor, I thought, why don't we, you know, besides my regular duties at Nearsaw, why don't we go ahead and, and just uh, gather every week uh, and hang out just to help have conversations around English skills, how to improve them, basically. You know, that's... That was the idea. So we started doing it. We named it for fun in the English dojo. And then what happened was that one day I had this thought of, hey, it would be cool if we brought someone from the outside to talk to us. And I did. I found, and uh, it, it was a guy. I remember the time very well because he was a, a blind developer. He was a, a blind engineer. He could not see, and he was a software developer. So that alone was of interest. So I invited him, he joined us. 
and uh, we had a conversation you know, around really, really interesting stuff. From and then uh, back in the day, back in that time, uh, about five, six years ago, we had an initiative called UX Clinic. They it was an entirely different team, but I I could notice that they were doing hangouts on air, which was a live broadcast for the world. You know, it was aimed towards the outside. So I thought, why don't we do this English Dojo thing in the as a broadcast? And then uh, once I had that idea, something uh, I, uh, there was a spark because that was the spark that gave the birth or brought life to an, a totally new initiative that I didn't know it back then, but we were creating a new tool for marketing, for, for lead generation, for connecting with experts in many directions. So it was an interesting experiment, experiment at the beginning. Uh, and that kind of took a life of its own. When the time came to name it, we just, again, for fun, this is a fun company, hence uh, the idea of using the, the word dojo from the English dojo and then add the live suffix, suffix because it was a live broadcast, right? So we named it, that's how Dojo Live was born. And the name just kind of stuck around. It's been around for four years. And now uh, uh, that's, well, Tulio, Kim, uh, you know what we're doing. You know what we're, we're building. We're building, as you said, a digital media company around Dojo Live. And that's how it all started. We started, it started out very humbly internally as a hangout. And now we're building a, uh, a skyrocketing uh, digital media company. And that's, that's, that, that was the story. Around Thanks, Carlos. I, I name it. I call it this craziness called Dojo Live. <laughs> well, you know, I think stories are really important, and we talked about this as we were uh, sort of rebranding. Uh, you know, people often will look at the success of a business or an individual, and and sometimes pass judgment on it, like it was easy for them or they had privilege or whatever. They don't realize how many years or how much effort it actually took, how many sacrifices some of those people made to get there. I mean, we have stories of people like Walt Disney who failed seven times, went bankrupt seven times, and still held true to his vision, right? And created right. an environment where it's affecting millions of people worldwide. So what we want to do is expose these stories, right? And, and in the effort to try to bridge some of the cultural divide that exists. So, but before we go there, I want to hear from Kim's perspective uh, you're you've been a participant. You've been a, a co-host for several years. Mm -hmm. What excited you about our new conversation? About hey, you know, we're, we're we're very broad. We're talking about a lot of stuff. We're talking to a bunch of tech people. It's awesome. We've had some amazing luminaries on here, but we're not really giving the audience anything in particular that they can come back to every week that interests mm -hmm. them. One week it's blockchain, another week it's AI, another week it's travel. And we thought, well, what if we focused our attention on something or a topic and really became a source of knowledge and learning for anyone interested in that particular topic? And obviously we honed in on one, but I'd like you to share your experience of what it was like for us to do that. Specifically, when we started talking about values mm -hmm. and how seat, uh, car seats came into the conversation too. Yeah, <laughs> random, right? Um, so to go a little bit back to the beginning real quick, uh, yes, I've been co-hosting Dojo Live for about three and a half years now, pretty much since my beginning uh, with the company, with Nearsoft. Uh, uh, Carlos reached out to me. Uh, I, I have to say, I think he originally reached out because uh, of, of my English being my native language, right? <laughs> 
But it turns out that um, I have to admit the first guest, I can't remember who it is. I want to say the first person that I co-hosted with was Doug Kirkpatrick, perhaps. Um, and, and I was very, very nervous. And I thought, God, going live on the internet, like, how am I supposed to do this? And it turned out that it was something that was really quite fun. And I think, I feel like I'm, you know, relatively good at. And so it just, sure, you want to co-host? Sure, you want to co-host? Sure. And and then uh, the more co-hosting got involved and, you know, with the way we are as a company at Nearsoft being kind of self-managed and team efforts and just realizing that we made this pretty good team and helping one another and bouncing off ideas off of one another. And um, it just kind of grew and took off and I've, I've loved it and I've been here ever since. So you're, you're stuck with me. Um, but talking about particularly this sort of reboot or this new face of Dojo Live, I think we, you, you talked about, Tuli, this, this idea, this realization that we needed to have some element of consistency for ourselves and for our guests, something that could bring us back um, episode after episode and, and week after week, right? And uh, so we started this conversation of what could that be? And I think if I recall correctly, the conversation for us was what are we personally passionate about, right? Trying to find this common ground amongst our team. Uh, the co uh, And we started that conversation and, and me, and we were, I remember there was a lot of kind of dead silence and people were sort of struggling about this conversation and, and you basically were like, okay, Kim, tell us, tell us, what are you passionate about personally? And I was like, God, well, personally, like if I could change something in the world, what would it be? And for me, that came down to this idea of car seat safety, right? Uh, I am originally from the United States, although I've lived in Mexico for about 15 years now. And one of the things that I've observed, um, particularly as a mother, is that the culture of car seat use and safety is something that's still, in my perspective, a bit behind right here in Mexico. And I thought, like, God, if I could help literally save lives um, and heartache, um, that would be really cool. And, and then we started talking about this idea, I think, of culture in general. And realizing something that kind of felt so I think, uh-huh, duh, right? But just talking about this, the cult, cross-cultural nature of our very own team. Um, Carlos, who is, um, you know, Mexican, born and raised, Ruben as well. Tulio, originally from Italy, if I'm not mistaken, right? Myself from the United States and just realizing, gosh, we're, we're a, a cross-cultural team as it is. And then looking at Nearsoft as a, as a company, how, you know, we extend, and the of other software development teams primarily based out of the United States with primarily Mexican engineers. However, our own team has expanded. You know, we've got Cubans, we have Venezuelans, we have uh, Spaniards. Um, who else do we have? We have a French man in our team. Um, you know, I'm really- Yeah, folks from Germany, folks yeah. from uh, Peru. From all over the world. From well, all not over. To, not, to mention, not to mention the holding company has uh, worldwide locations in India and the Philippines. Exactly. And then a lot of yeah. our client teams that we work with are multicultural teams as well, right? And so then we're like, well, duh. Like <laughs> realizing that we have this, this passion about uh, this cross-cultural element, realizing that this is the way of the world. This is the only way that it's headed from now till for till doomsday, right? And, um, and this idea that maneuvering through cross-cultural environments and relationships is a challenge, right? And I think we came down to this mantra of it's not right, it's not wrong, it's just different. And and having to learn and have these conversations of 
what can I do personally to adjust to these differences? Um, what can I, how, how can I help my team adjust these differences? How can we as a company adjust to make things just better, right? Um, and I think that's the passion in the heart of what we want to do. And then realizing that if we're going through this individually and as a team and as a company, then that means that countless other individual teams and companies must be going through this too. And just wanting to be perhaps a, a center and a place, you know, going back to the heart of a dojo, a place to um, connect, a place to learn, right? And just this learning posture of what we can learn from other people's stories in that sphere, as well as what we can share um, in that sphere. And just really looking forward to, to good things. Yeah, I was excited because what, what first led to the conversation was us identifying our unique values as individuals. And we listed all the things that matter, you know, empowering people, uh, creating a, a safe space to learn, uh, saving lives, you know, through the, uh, through the understanding of the importance of using car seats in a marketplace where normally they don't, right? So, but all that came together so beautifully in this idea that, um, Technology in so many ways has brought us together, but it's also make it made it very challenging, like a perfect storm for suddenly individuals like learning how to adapt to each other's culture. And the tendency, unfortunately, is usually to demonize a different point of view and point fingers as it's it's not good versus it's just different. And how what do I need? Oh to yeah, do? right. Like and this idea of like internet warriors, right? It's it's easy. <laughs> to yeah, speak your right. mind you know, right. when you can be anonymous and hide behind a screen, right? Right. Um, so we were like, what if technology, like, it has removed borders, but what if we learned about our differences and appreciated those differences? And what if we talked to heads of companies who have struggled through that, who have learned not only lessons for their company, but personally, and have grown through that experience? You know, maybe someone was like, hey, I. I started, uh, you know, I, we expanded in, uh, in I don't know, in, in Germany, right? And it was like shock treatment in terms of how things were different. Or we expanded in France or, or, or in South Africa or where, wherever, right? Talk about what that experience has been like. How did you get people working together who have very different, in some cases, belief system, let alone different culture, race, just different beliefs? Um, how does that work? Because there's companies doing it well and there's companies who are struggling with it. And so, and there's also just, we're living a time where there's a lot of finger pointing going on in society. <laughs> Instead of, let's have a conversation and learn why things matter to us. And, and in that process, begin to respect our differences instead of demonizing our differences. And this is a critical point for us is we want to be a place where people can come and share those stories and people can learn about how to integrate. And we're talking about diversity, inclusion. We're not just talking about different cultures, but also just um, different different ways of being, right? I mean, you have companies right. that are hiring uh, people with handicaps. You have companies that are hiring people with autism. How does that work? How does that, how do you make that work? How do you, right. how do you, how do you adapt in that environment? How do you create an environment where everyone can succeed and collaborate? Those are the stories right. we want to expose and talk about. And so that gave birth to our purpose, right? And I, we were all kind right. of excited when that happened. I think, yeah, I think it was you who came up with that, with the name, Kim. We did. Um, Cause Carlos, I don't know if you wanted to share. Um, we'll, we'll give some background here. 
and I think this is something that's important to mention, and I think it's fine to mention it, that Carlos didn't mention in his introduction. When we went live, the idea also, of course, not everything in this world is altruistic, right? Like, we we wanted to use Dojo Live, I think, as, as a tool for, for garnering, um, you know, marketing and and perhaps speaking with potential clients and, and stuff like that and i think that's that's healthy and carlos as a salesman and part of that the sales team here at nearsoft was having a really hard time of, of letting that element go for us right carlos as a team member mm -hmm. like eh, eh. but what about technology what about tech <laughs> <laughs> why don't you share that struggle carlos well um it was, I, I don't think it's really a struggle per se, but uh, here's what I can tell you is that, uh, uh, please bear with me, I'm trying to word my thoughts. And uh, by the way, we just had lunch here, so my brain cells are not working functionally. Yeah, so properly, let's right? go into this, this culture. Yeah. Here we have the culture of Mexico, right? And what is it? Mal del Puerto? Yeah, you do that. Mal Puerto. Yeah. Well, yeah, as you mentioned, Kim, well, initially was, uh, uh, I, I thought it would be a good idea to discuss, uh, to get insights for 30 minutes or, or even for an hour, because originally the show ran for an hour. Mm -hmm. uh, so my criteria was, what if instead of risking uh, the day, you know, by phone cold calls and things like that why don't why don't we invite people to join us as interviewees in for an hour and there was kind of an allure for uh, that's what i discovered it was alluring for a lot of folks to when you use the word interview oh my god i'm going to be interviewed really even though the show you know no one really know no one really knew about the show but ever since i started using the word interview it was alluring mm -hmm. for a lot of folks so it was easier for me to sit down with them for 60 minutes back, back then and to literally have them spill the beans on what right. their, need, their needs were in terms of pains, their technology, the teams, you know, whatever, pretty much whatever. But here's the thing. Here's the, the, the tricky part was that at the beginning, um, we were not very selective when it came to inviting guests. It was just, it was a free for all. It was like, Oh, let's invite anyone. You know, anyone who has something to say about anything, pretty much. Okay, as long as it was my, slightly related to technology, we mm -hmm. would take it. Okay, so even could be someone, an expert on emotional intelligence, or someone who could be was a or was a blogger, uh, someone who you know it was that it was a mishmash of, of profiles. But I think but the idea is, is we weren't ready to give the fact that what we still wanted was this to have an ICP focus, right? This ideal client profile element to it. Oh, say again, Kim? I said what, what we were worried about, or your particular worry, as we were trying to reboot the face of Dojo Live, was not being able to let go of the idea of the ICP or the ideal client profile element. Like, still wanting yeah. to use this okay. um, for that, that tactic. And I so that's it. when we were able to... Well, Carlos has gone through a few evolutions, right? I mean, first... At first, it was like, let's just, anybody, anybody, anyone who wants to get on, let's talk to them, right? Then then we were like, no, let's we focus. Lost Carlos. <laughs> yeah. He's He's companies that we want to do business with, right? Yeah. Let's talk to those guys, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that really helped us hone in on yeah. 
process and we got a good guest, really cool guest. But then every week it was like a different topic. Yes. And so for our guests, it was hard. Like, are we going to talk about blockchain? Are we going to talk about travel? Are we going to talk about this? Are we going to talk about that? And so what we decided, and we came across this tagline of tech without borders, this idea that we were still going to be focusing on that pool, like that technology pool, people that we and companies that perhaps we could partner with in the future. But the key thing here is the they have to tell about the cultural elements behind them, whether yeah, that's their work culture in their company or their values system or experiences and their own cross-cultural experiences um, in order to have something that people could come back to, right, week after week. Like, I'm interested in expanding my company's culture. I'm interested in learning how agility and adaptability can help me. Yeah, but, but all these filters came afterwards uh, and I'm, I'm just being in full disclosure and, in, and I'm being totally honest here, before the, the, the focus started to shift, before the new spin on Dojo Live, mm -hmm. before Tulio uh, uh, came, uh, joined us here and the team, you know, pretty much before anything, before the big stuff, I didn't really care about, uh, it was not important, it was not my, my personal focus to uh, build an audience or do this or focus or, because all I wanted to do was have a tool or a venue to talk to potential prospects. That was all <laughs> I cared about. So that's hence the, the mix of topics or it, it was really irrelevant. I mean, uh, uh, it's two o'clock, right? But, uh, ever since we started giving it a new spin we started thinking of this, as a digital media company, and we decided that it would be good to focus and use a common thread, then it makes a lot of sense, right, to focus. Then kind of like the, the, the focusing on the ICP, it was really, uh, that kind of was, uh, uh, it became less relevant than. than yeah, than in some ways I think it's going to be really liberating for us. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we brought we brought ourselves into the light instead of it being a Trojan horse. Let's call it what it was. Now it becomes <laughs> <laughs> I mean that, that's a good way to put it. To the company we created this a great marketing and branding strategy to uh, connect with uh, luminaries and and market shakers and makers and and interview them. I think that was brilliant, right? And and I think there's all the companies that are copying this, including LinkedIn with their LinkedIn Live product. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like we want to create some value on its own. And yeah. and uh, I, I had a very interesting experience. We didn't even family. have a purpose before this the beginning of the summer, right? It's like Yeah. So, what's the purpose? Like, if we were a brand or a company on its own, what? Yeah, what, and, and you know what's really? I think we're we're onto something because it was very interesting for me. Okay, here here's here's what happened. I had a guest, you know, at at some point, uh, and um, he had a tech company and he did a lot of cool stuff. So, I featured him on the show, and then after a while, he started his own show. And then he invited me as a guest to be interviewed about Dojo Live. So, so that, that it was very interesting to kind of, you know, turn the tables and be on the other side. And and what that, but what that uh, made me think was we are on to something. It might be, I mean, technically it's just an, uh, uh, maybe a hangout on air, maybe a live interview okay. on YouTube. That's you know the te technically it's a very simple concept. 
but what's what we're building around it in the way we're using it to generate value for the world for the community at large that's a whole different story right. that's that i think the value and this is what i think in my view is this is what I, the way i see it um we have very cool technology tools you know the platforms and and uh, the apps and all the technology behind it but in the at the end of the day the most important component of all this that we're working on is the human side of the equation. It's the conversation. It's the people. It's yeah. about the people. It's about the stories, yeah. the warmth. Using using that technology to build to bridge cultural gaps. Yes, exactly. And that's that's why we're here. That's the perfect yeah. So anyone who's listening, still listening, who's gonna listen to this later, that is the purpose of Dojo Live, to bridge the cultural divide that exists in our society and we're we're going to use storytelling from ceos uh, chief product officers anyone who's leading large amounts of individuals in their organization that are global in nature and want to share their journey about what it's been like or what it's still like to integrate those multiple cultures to integrate uh, um, various walks of life and to create a sense of inclusion and equality across the board those are the conversations we want to have Yes. And that's the thing that we're, we're excited about. And that's the thing you can expect week in and week out, not just on the video show, but on the podcast, uh, which is another thing that made us do a change as well. Because now, now we have a podcast, you know, people who subscribe to podcasts usually subscribe to something that's consistent every week. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited for what we, we've created. I'm excited to launch it formally and start having formal interviews with, uh, with executives. In yeah. In this type of sphere. Absolutely. So, so, if, so if we have people who are listening, I think that the type of stories that we're interested in hearing or wanting to tell, um, hearing and tell and learn from are ones that show these interactions, right, between um, just different ways of doing things. Like how have we had to communicate differently cross-culturally? How have we had to provide feedback differently? cross-culturally. Um, what are our perceptions of leadership? Um, what are our perceptions of decision-making? Is it consensual or does that come from the top down? How do we build trust cross-culturally or how do we disagree respectfully, right? Uh, or how do we even show our different respects for time and scheduling, right? Are we flexible in that or are we very rigid? And what are these types of stories that we've had and these experiences that we had um, as leaders of companies, as individuals, and the stories that you've come across, the way that you've had to confront such things, and how your company and yourself are better because of learning how to be adaptable and agile in, in different environments. So if you want to join us, you want to talk about this, I think we're booked through December, but we definitely want to hear from you. And, uh, and if this is a topic that excites you, that you want to get behind, we're also interested in new sponsors. Uh, Currently, Dojo Live is sponsored by Nearsoft, but we're opening it up to give other companies and other brands an opportunity to get involved. Uh, and finally, you're going to see us streaming across multiple platforms. I think, Ruben, the LinkedIn Live uh, uh, stream didn't work today, <laughs> so we'll have to test that again. Too bad, but I try to tweet and share as best as I could while we're talking. Um, but again, please uh, give us your feedback, your comments and uh, share with us what you'd like us to focus on around bridging cultural divide. And uh, we're hoping that through this effort, 
collectively we can all make the world a little bit better, a little bit more inclusive, a little bit more empathetic and understanding between all of us and hopefully a better place for our children to, uh, to live in as well. Right. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today, guys. I know we didn't have a guest and this was an impromptu thing and uh, I'm glad we did it and uh, let's keep going. Absolutely. Thank you everyone. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye for now. Check out past episodes, transcripts, blogs, and more on our website, dojo.nearsoft.com. <laughs>